Welcome to the Delano Newsmakers podcast, bringing context to the stories that matter in Luxembourg. Bonjour, John Parkhouse. Bonjour, Siri. <laughs> Thanks for taking time uh, to discuss the PwC annual review. First of all, before going into details, John, a simple but important question in this particular time. How are you doing? How am I doing? Uh, it's, it's certainly been uh, an interesting few months, I think, for everybody, um, as we've uh, struggled to come to terms with uh, this new normal, as we, uh, as we and, and many others call it. Um, But I, I think uh, from a personal perspective, I've been uh, incredibly, incredibly encouraged by, um, you know, the, the resilience, the responsiveness of our people, of my partners, and importantly, of our clients, mm -hmm. and, and the, um, the understanding that, that, uh, that we've, uh, we've seen from our clients um, and uh, their readiness to adopt new ways of working together and to uh, sort of continue to take things forward. So uh, it's, it's been a, a real challenge. Mm -hmm. um, and, uh, you know, things evolve almost on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and certainly you now see that, that today in terms of the, the pickup of, of um, cases, etc. Um, and we'll just need to keep managing this through. But mm -hmm. uh, so far, so good. Human is in the, at the center of every... Every, the everyday uh, life, the working life, also. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I mean, I think I think from from uh, uh, from the very start of of this crisis, um, we were very concerned about you know how our people mm -hmm. were were reacting and how they were feeling, and, and then also how our clients were reacting mm -hmm. and, and and what they were going through. Uh, very early on, we came out with a people first mm -hmm. strategy. Mm -hmm. um, that essentially sent the message very clearly to our people that we were not going to be laying people off due to COVID. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, we continue to stick stick by that. You know, really any layoffs due to COVID would be a real last resort. And, mm -hmm. and we don't envision that at this point in time. Um, and, and I think that was an important step to, to, to just allay people's fears as we moved into this unprecedented uh, um, uh, situation. And we started to work together to sort of uh, manage through and, and, and sort of uh, get out as, as, as best as we can once actually finally we, uh, we get to the end of this crisis. So really a big focus on our people in terms of supporting them, firstly in the remote-based remote working. Um, obviously we'd already got measures in place that enabled that, so that basically we needed to just take that to a different level. Um, and also understanding the, the specific concerns that our people had in terms of our ability to support them, um, to, uh, to help them, especially those that, that, that came down with COVID, um, and, and to make sure that we as a firm were there to, uh, you know, to, to support them as they, as they go through this. Mm -hmm. Was it possible uh, as a CEO to be prepared at uh, such an unexpected crisis? Uh, no. I think in, in, in short answer, I think, um, you know, it, it, it took us all um, a little bit by surprise, although we, we, we sort of saw it coming from, mm -hmm. from, from Asia, obviously. Um, and, um, but I think the speed in which it hit was, was, was something that, that took us by surprise. Um, luckily, you know, as a firm, we'd invested heavily over the last two to three years in, in the technology mm -hmm. um, uh, resources that we had available. So the, uh, the collaboration tools we have around Google, 
um, which frankly, prior to the crisis, we hadn't used as extensively as, as we could have. Uh, and that's one of the silver linings that's come out. It's, it's really driven us to start to operate in a different way um, and, and to really, really to operate uh, uh, virtually um, uh, as effectively as we were, frankly, in most respects um, before. But, um, uh, you know, it, it's, uh, it was, it was uh, extremely uh, satisfying to see the ability that we had as a firm to be able to shift almost overnight. Mm -hmm. uh, and it really was almost overnight uh, from, a, from a, a firm that was operating primarily physically to basically everybody being at home and, uh, and uh, sort of using the video con and uh, et cetera, et cetera. It was a tough time yeah. when we went through that, but, uh, but uh, it was, uh, everything worked and, um, and we, did, uh, we did pretty well, I think. We'll talk about the future later on, but uh, do you think that the, the future of uh, working will be, uh, I would say, digital, this horrible word that we've, <laughs> <laughs> that we've discovered during the crisis? Yeah, I, I think the simple answer is yes. I, I, think, I think we will be moving towards a different way of working. And obviously, there's been plenty of announcements by different companies in mm -hmm. terms of how they, they view things. Um, You know what we basically are looking to do, and we've got a um, uh, we've got a, a, a task force uh, uh, within within the firm looking at this is is looking at uh, all the good lessons coming out of COVID and 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 how we apply that in terms of what we are terming the next normal. So, mm -hmm. you know, we've we've got an imperative at the moment to manage through. COVID, you know, the ups and downs that we see day in, day out, and, and to pivot accordingly. But what we also want to be doing is to be building that so-called next normal, what that means in terms of how we interact with our people, how we interact with our clients, how we manage the firm, um, all the different aspects of that um, in a much more flexible um, and, uh, in many cases, virtual way, but also retaining The, uh, the physical aspect that is so critical um, in terms of the creativity, but also the coaching, mm. the teamwork, the community that, we, uh, that is so important for us at PwC. That means continuing to invest in the future because many companies are still struggling with the effects of the crisis. Yeah. But it is important maybe as a message to other CEOs or to, the, or the, or to other companies uh, here in Luxembourg. Let's imagine the future. Let's invest in this future, even if it's uncertain. Yeah, exactly. And I think I think that's something that we are continuing to do. Obviously, uh, as as with all companies, we're taking a very hard look at at, at the ongoing costs. Uh, we're taking a very hard look at where we do invest. But it is absolutely critical that we continue to invest, both in terms of our people and developing our people. And and we've got a very significant ongoing investment that we talked about last year in the digital upskilling of our people. So, mm -hmm. so taking the very technical and business astute uh, people that we have and, and getting them ready for a truly digital world. Um, and that is, that is continuing unabated. That is probably the, the main challenge for many companies to upskill yeah. uh, their people. And, and, and so it's one thing having the tools. It's another thing actually being able to use those tools and understand how those tools can be best used. And that's not just about collaboration. That's also in terms of the day-to-day -day execution of work, mm. how we're facing off with clients, the sort of solutions that we can be building for clients. And that's not something, in our view, that is just driven from 
top down. That's something that what we're trying to do is to make sure that it is much more citizen-led. So we are equipping our people with the skills and the tools to really drive that digital agenda across the firm. So that remains a very significant investment that we have ongoing within the firm. And, and then in addition to that, there are other areas that we continue to invest in, in terms of making sure that we are strong for the future. Back to, the, to your annual review, you named it as creating sustainable growth in the new normal. We'll talk later on about uh, the meaning of this headline, but mm. uh, when we see some facts, uh, you had a growth of 3.5%. Are you relieved about the result? Um, relieved? Uh, possibly. I mean, I, I, think, I think if you look at our year end, it's, uh, it's obviously a June year end. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, So we, um, we, uh, we saw the impacts of COVID starting to play in the last quarter. So mm -hmm. we definitely saw a dampening of, of, of business in certain areas in the last quarter due to COVID. Um, we're also in a, in a dynamic where we have um, certain uh, very fast growing parts of our business. Which ones? Um, so uh, the, probably the fastest growing uh, that we see at the moment is in the alternative sector. Mm -hmm. So the private equity and real estate sector, um, which, uh, which continues to grow apace, both in the assurance, uh, the tax, but also increasingly in the advisory space, as you see more and more substance being built up here. Um, uh, and that, that, uh, that, that remains very fast, uh, fast growing, even through COVID, frankly. Um, and you've got other parts of our business that, uh, that have been maturing, stroke in, in decline. So, so a lot of the, uh, you know, some of the international tax work that we would have been doing historically, for instance, some of the, uh, the, uh, the global tax reporting work that, that, that we'd have been doing has, has, has also seen a decline. So what we're seeing is we're seeing parts of our business that have got really strong growth and, 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 and a really good vision for the future and other parts where we're having to sort of restructure um, and, um, and uh, re-adapt mm -hmm. to, uh, to how we're operating as a firm. So overall, I would say that I am satisfied with, uh, with the, uh, the results through end of, uh, end of June 2020. How do you perceive the tax, uh, the tax issues uh, when it will come to the, the recovery phases? Is, will it be... Uh Again, at the top of the agenda, uh, I think it'll be part of the agenda. I think I think clearly there's there's going to be a need for governments uh, here mm -hmm. and elsewhere to relook at tax policy, to to look at um, you know what is the uh, what what are the level of tax receipts that they're going to need mm -hmm. to fund uh, what we've gone through. Um, at the same time, whilst whilst uh, maintaining the uh, relative competitiveness of of, of countries. Um, uh, in, in what is an increasingly competitive and increasingly virtual environment. Mm -hmm. so, so I think you're going to see a shift in, in, in approach to tax, but I think it's one part of, of, mm -hmm. of, 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 of the puzzle, yeah? I mean, there's, there's uh, well, you know, we talk in our report about the focus on, on sort of a more sustainable future, really focusing on, on the, um, the, Uh, the key elements that we see that society is demanding from business mm -hmm. uh, in terms of how business operates and the impact that it brings to, um, to a broader range of stakeholders as opposed to, to, to purely uh, the, uh, the shareholders. What kind of uh, request, I would say, uh, that, that your, your clients are asking in the advisory uh, uh, pillar of your activities? 
Um, so at the Do moment, you see specific uh, demands regarding the crisis, of course. Um, yeah, so I think I think at the moment uh, within the advisory space, certainly there's there's been elements of of us assisting mm -hmm. clients uh, in terms of how they've reacted to COVID and also sharing some of the experiences that we've got, some of the the, the tools that we've got. You'll have the uh, the little token that uh, uh, <laughs> that you'll have been given in coming in, um, and. Um, Uh, I mean, but but if you look at advisory per se, I would say overall that the, the biggest generator of continued growth remains around, on the one hand, uh, the ongoing transformation of companies mm -hmm. to a, a, a more digital, customer-centric um, type, type approach. So a lot of front office transformation as, as well as the back office and digitizing the, uh, the business. Um, and on the other side, it, it's, it's around the, um, the continuing sort of reg challenge mm -hmm. um, and the uh, the increasing compliance aspects of that and I think we now start to see emerging through that the um, the focus on sustainability whether that's from a corporate perspective um, in terms of really laying out the sustainability strategy and the related reporting which again is something that we've tried to lay out in our report as to how we see it applying to us um, but also obviously in the um, in more the the, uh, the financial services space where you look at funds Um, and the uh, the significant um, anticipated growth that we see around uh, so-called ESG um, mm. uh, labeled funds. So you anticipated my next question about this keyword sustainability. Mm. You know uh, better than anyone the, the financial sector. How would you advise a financial CEO to uh, begin his uh, uh, ESG or sustainable journey? Uh, uh, well, I mean, you know, financial services covers a whole swathe of, of different operations. Um, clearly, if you look at the the product side, um, what we see is um, uh, a um, a seismic shift mm -hmm. in terms of the imperative around making sure product is designed with the ESG characteristics in mind. That's coming from a regulatory perspective in terms of the reporting agenda. But more importantly, I think it's coming from an investor perspective, um, uh, both in, on the institutional and increasingly on the, on the retail side. Um, you know, we, we, we just uh, issued a report a, a couple of weeks ago um, that, is, that is predicting the uh, massive growth in, in ESG funds such that by 2025, I think we say there'll be 75% of all funds will be ESG compliant stroke labeled so a real focus on what that means for the strat for you, for your strategy uh, what that means for the, uh, the the resources that you have available the sort of research mm. that you're doing Make it the tangible. sort of reporting that you're mm. making yeah mm -hmm. so so really making it as you say tangible making it real um, and at the same time I think looking at your own balance sheet looking at your own company, how you're operating, how you're dealing with your, your, your suppliers, how you're dealing with, with, with your clients, how you're messaging your, 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 your shareholders and various stakeholders um, to, uh, to ensure that not only are you looking at the, the products that you offer, but also that you're looking at how you operate as a, as a firm within this new environment. And I think COVID has really been an accelerator on this, and I think you, you, see, you see that um, discussed in, in many forums. Uh, has really been an accelerator to actually look and look to see, you know, the impact that business can make mm -hmm. 
on this sustainability agenda. And the key change for me is that the capital markets are now really driving this change. So this, this shifts from being the right thing to do for the planet, but also it's, it's the right thing to do for your business. Mm -hmm. Can, can um, we imagine that here at PwC Luxembourg or uh, Moraji at uh, Luxembourg, in Luxembourg, sorry, uh, that we would uh, drive a part of the agenda, of this global agenda, uh, with some specific areas that we are able to cover due to the expertise of the financial place? Well, uh, so simple answer is yes. Uh, I mean, I think uh, clearly you already see that in terms of the, um, uh, the green bonds uh, at, the, uh, at the LSE. Um, which has been a, a phenomenal story, um, and, and and you know Luxembourg is is just so far ahead of, of of others in that space, at a time when this really becomes pivotal. Um, you also see uh, obviously the dominance that Luxembourg still enjoys uh, when you look at the um, uh, the asset management space, um, um, specifically around the actively managed funds, and that frankly is where I see the biggest opportunity for ESG. Because what you're going to need to really make a difference here is you're going to need the research capabilities mm -hmm. that sit behind these, these active managers, whether it's in the alternatives or whether it's in the mainstream space, to really be able to deliver on the promise of, um, of, uh, of, of what the, uh, the investors and the broader stakeholders are doing. So I think and, and Luxembourg's pos positioning um, as, as a sort of a preeminent as the preeminent fund domicile in this space, I think enables us to really have this, firstly, a, a window on, on everything that's happening and the needs of the industry to be able to um, uh, take this forward um, and also retains the, the agility to be able to, to, uh, to shift as needed to make sure that they can really support that, whether that's through you know, regulatory reporting measures, whether that's through tax measures, whatever it might be, to actually help encourage um, companies even more to really get onto the, uh, the, the ESG train. So I think, uh, and, and it's something that we, we actually you know, mentioned in our press release, I think if I look at the opportunity set for Luxembourg, if we can really coalesce around this um, as, a, as a jurisdiction, as, a, as, a, as Luxembourg Inc., if you like, I mean, I see the, uh, the opportunity as being phenomenal and, and really Luxembourg being, you know, the... A, a, a true driver in terms of Europe's overall sustainability agenda. What will be the role of PwC in the recovery phases? We already touched some points or about uh, how you want to be sustainable and you and also the, the opportunities for Luxembourg as a sustainable, sustainable economy. But how do you see your role here at the firm uh, to support also the, the economy uh, to, to recover? So I think I think uh, in a in, in in a few ways. I mean I mean clearly a a key aspect that we all need to have in mind over the coming, you know, let's say twelve months as we as we start as we try to manage through this crisis, um, is maintaining a strong, sustainable business, and as a result of that, maintaining employment for our people, right. Um, and, and I think that's that's got to be front and center of of, of um, you know every CEO's sort of thinking at, at, at this point in time, um, and, and um, you know the more that we can do that as a as a jurisdiction, then the stronger Luxembourg will emerge uh, following this crisis. Um, then I, I think it's uh, it's it's really around helping 
you know, the institutions here, the government, our clients, in terms of really thinking about what the opportunity set looks like for the coming, uh, for, the, for, for life post-COVID in mm -hmm. this sort of uh, hopefully more, much more sustainable environment and the role that Luxembourg can, can play and to, and to try and bring our expertise to support that sort of discussion, that sort of dialogue and that reflection that Luxembourg can have as we start to pivot from almost like the old world to the new world um, post-COVID. Tell me, how are you able to make an outlook <laughs> now for the next uh, year, for the next uh, five years, for the development of PwC? Oof, that's... Um, I remember listening to uh, a, um, uh, a podcast that The Economist were doing, and they had, uh, they had three eminent economists sitting around the table, and they were talking about, are we looking at a V-shape or a U-shape or a W-shape, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, one of the economists basically said, well, I think the only shape that I would ascribe to is a question mark. And that, that's the shape of recovery. So, you know, uh, obviously we at PwC, we, we are in uh, both a local environment here. And so we, we uh, you know, we will stand or fall, if you like, in terms of how successful Luxembourg is and how Luxembourg can bounce back. And also we're in a global environment. And, and so that basically means... On the one hand, you know, if other, if other economies are really struggling, that's going to have a knock-on impact. And also, you know, if, if Luxembourg is not as competitive in that global environment, then that, that will have a knock-on impact in terms of our future mm. uh, as, a, as a firm. So, you know, if, if I look out, I would say that we have got a um, cautious budget for the next 12 months. Um, and that's how we've really looked at... Uh, You know the um, you know the, the cost the cost measures that we uh, that we look to take. Um, you know we're still hopeful to to achieve some some growth um, uh, over the coming 12 months, but again we'll we'll need to see. Uh, but I, I I think we would expect to see a a pretty robust rebound once we actually get to a period of stability, and even if that stability is actually being in an environment where we can manage mm -hmm. effectively being in a COVID environment, um, as opposed to, you know, what we see, certainly over the last last few weeks, where, you know, you, you really see, um, you know, the situation changing very dramatically, which makes it very, very difficult for mm -hmm. just the real economy to, to continue to, um, to survive. And obviously a key determinant in terms of our business will be where the capital markets go. Yeah. You know, the capital markets have remained relatively insulated from, from everything mm -hmm. we see in the real economy. Um, and as long as that lasts, then I think, uh, you know, over the short to medium term, I think uh, the, the, uh, the prospects remain uh, um, positive. Um, and I think also if you look at the alternatives business, again, coming back on that, um, that is a business that is largely counter-cyclical in this sort of environment mm -hmm. where – where you see a lot of opportunities for, for, for deal flow on the private equity side, um, infrastructure type investments, et cetera. So, you know, there is, there is real positives there. And that's where Luxembourg's really positioned itself um, very successfully in terms of uh, um, that sort of business. Finally, did the, this crisis changed your mind about the way of doing business um, as a person? <laughs> I think actually, uh, yes, I think actually. I think, um, 
in terms of the way of doing business, uh, it, it has created a different imperative in terms of uh, how do we stay close to our clients mm -hmm. in that virtual environment and coming up with different ways of, uh, of doing that. But I think, I think uh, also in terms of managing the firm, and if you look at managing the firm, I would say the, the, uh, the two key points that I really take away from, from what I've seen over the last few months is, is firstly around the communication uh, with our people. Um, so that has moved to being much more frequent, much more transparent, mm -hmm. much less scripted, much more sort of seeking their input um, and a much more sort of collegiate type approach, sort of like, you know, we're in this together. It's not just us at the top telling mm -hmm. you this, mm -hmm. you know, we, we, we're really trying to make sure we succeed together. Um, and linked to that is the working together element that I've really seen uh, phenomenally over the over the past few months with my partners and and our people more broadly in terms of really coming together to, to to get through this and that's been a fantastic experience what can we wish to each other for next year what can we wish to each other ah, for next year uh, keep well keep safe obviously um, and uh, keep on believing keep on believing on in uh, in you know what we can bring and, and what Luxembourg can bring as we, uh, as we get through this. Thanks a lot, John Pacos. Thanks, Thierry. Pleasure. Thanks for listening. You can listen to all our podcasts on delano.lu and on all podcast platforms. And subscribe to the Delano newsletter for all the latest Luxembourg news in English. Sign up on delano.lu.